Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Oh, yes, it's me, the toaster. Gotta wake up, gotta do the chores for good old master, just in case he comes along. Oh, hey there, Mr. Vacuum Cleaner. Oh, sort off, toaster. <laughs> Oh, you're always so grumpy-bumpy. Oh, dear. Oh, yep. <laughs> anyway, do you want to help us have a, a little song and dance before we get to work? or Song and dance, know? mate. I will be sucking the cement before I do a song and dance. Ooh, sucking the cement. That's a good one, Mr. Vacuum Cleaner. Anyway, now we're going to play a fun little game. Do you want to join us? Oh, I would be eating a pile of hay fever before I do that. That one didn't land so well as the first one, Mr. Thank You Cleaner. Oh dear, how about we sing a little song? La di dee, la di da. Oh, I hate it here. Sorry, what was that, Mr. Vacuum Cleaner? I wish I could kill myself just like the air conditioner's gonna do at some point in this movie. Woo, that's a bit dark, Vacuum Cleaner. Oh, you think that's dark? Wait until you watch the rest of the movie. Speaking of which, welcome to Oldie Funny Goody, uh, the show where we go back to 1987 and watch movies that came out then. I'm Zach, mm. and this is the vacuum cleaner, Sandro. Hello, good day. My name is Vacuum Cleaner Sandro, and I'm cleaning, I'm sucking, and I'm being a real prick. <laughs> Ah, yeah, but he has a heart of gold, as we all know. A heart of gold. <laughs> That's right. What what a lad. Holy heck, this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, Sarjo, uh, this week we did The Brave Little Toaster. Everyone's favourite Brave Little Toaster. And Sandro, what did you think going into this? Uh, you were blind, yes? You'd never seen yep. this before? I had no idea yep. what, what I was going into. Yeah. Uh, tell tell us your thoughts. Well, my expectations were that somehow Zach thinks this is incredibly dark, and I think the animation looks kind of garbage. But as I was watching it, I went, I actually like the animation, you know? It's like a mm. throwback to old 40s Warner Brother cartoons, and mm. um, wowee, what is this movie? Who thought this was a good idea for kids? And I actually really liked it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, I'm so glad you also agree that it was dark. Because, yeah, I remember watching this as a child mm. and being somewhat traumatised by some of the scenes. I want to know what the lesson is. Because there is a lesson. Um, but the lesson is so cynical. It's like a nihilist kids movie. It's a it's a movie that's going to make kids become nihilists when they grow up. <laughs> like the sort of stuff that well, goes on yeah, in this I film. I have to agree with the second statement. I don't know if it's a nihilist movie, but it's definitely going to make you a nihilist. when you... I think it's to always stay positive or something. But, uh, something like that. Yeah? Because they... 
Because they go through all this horrible stuff, and yet they always seem positive and all that. There's something in there about um, always be yourself, no matter what mm. happens. There's a little bit of that, I guess. I think um, some of the review, uh, the, I think the first review, or one of the reviews I have actually explains it perfectly, but we'll get there. Um, yeah, I think we, we've got a lot to say about this, so uh, I'm going mm. to just pop in right now before we say all the things we've got to say about it and say something else. And that Ooh. something else is that a Patreon's a thing. We do Patreon now. La-di-da. Patreon's great. Do we deal with movies like this on Patreon? Sometimes, but not this week. Because this week we talked about Cyclone, a movie about a motorcycle. And... <sighs> it's definitely a film that was made. It's definitely a film that has a motorcycle in it. I can't... <laughs> Oh no, the motorcycle's getting me. <laughs> That's up on patreon.com slash oldiebodygoodypod. Check it out if you want. Uh, it's up in the, uh, it's up in the, it's up in the Porridge Club. Porridge Club is where that is. Check that out. Link in bio. Anyway, you chose this week's movie. The other options for this week were Roxanne. Uh, Steve, oh yeah, and the other options because we choose what came out this week back in 1987. Uh, the other options were Roxanne. Uh, Steve Martin's friend asks him to write letters for this woman that that he knows. Uh, Steve Martin writes the letters and then falls in love. Yep. There was the incredibly long titled Summer Nights with Greek Profile, Almond Eyes, and Descent of Basil. <laughs> Which is a great name. I, I, uh, it's a great name. The movie looks pretty good. It's about an Italian aristocrat who holds a terrorist hostage in her villa. I think it, it, it looks pretty good. I might watch it. Probably won't, mm. though. Uh, with Nail and I, dark British comedy about actors trying to find work, and also White of the Eye, a British thriller about a wife who's trying to prove that her husband isn't a serial killer. Mm. So you definitely chose the uh, darker option out of all of those. Um, yeah, as it turns out. I remember it being dark as a child. I wasn't traumatized. Some of the comments are like, this traumatized me for life. Mm. Now I am a shut-in and and my existence is futile. This movie <laughs> completely ruined my perspective of the Like, it was just a movie as a kid, I you know, that I thought, wow, that was, that was crazy. Yeah. That was so scary. It's not, yeah, it's probably not that scarring i don't know it depends it's kind of like a watership down sort of thing it's pretty dark mm. for kids but yeah yeah you know. i also read watership down when i was a kid you know <laughs> yeah. i thought that one was more horrifying than this that's definitely more scarier than this yeah yeah because that one at least in this movie it has a bit of that sort of dark air even from the beginning mm. just them calling the kid master feels dark yeah, uh, does it? I was it? very uncomfortable with this, like, well, seven-year-old yeah. voice actor being like, I want to know when Master's coming home. And I was like, oh, I don't yeah. feel comfortable with this. Well, yeah, because we live in the 2020 I guess. one where um, I guess. Master has way different <laughs> connotations nowadays. <laughs> but, like, back in the day, that was just, like, what you called, like, the Master of the House or whatever, you know? It was just, like... Maybe. That was just a word rather than... It's like how... Old movies say daddy. Ugh. Childs will say daddy. New things still say daddy. I was watching Demon Slayer the other day and uh, the the bad guy is called daddy. And I was like, this is weird. <laughs> Came out two years ago. Oh, I'd call him daddy. <laughs> All right. This was released June 19th. It did get a wider release in July, but yeah, it, it was properly released June 19th in 87. It is based off a book called The Brave Little Toaster, A Bedtime Story for Small Appliances by Thomas M. Deesh. Uh, it won a bunch of awards. The cover art is horrifying. 
the original cover art for the magazine is even more horrifying. They're both very scary mm. covers. Nice. Uh, the rights to that story were bought by Disney two years after. Yep. And then this movie was made. It doesn't have Disney's name on it, but it is a Disney movie. Oh, really? It oh, yeah, because it didn't, it didn't have their title, their mm. iconic title thing yet. No, not yet. Probably because it was too dark and they were like, what the heck? Yeah, yeah. It, it, well, uh, well you, you give it all this. But honestly, I thought it'd be darker. Well, there is a song where cars sing about how much they want to die. Yes. So. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Look, look, I, I'm not saying it wasn't dark, <laughs> but I just remember it being definitely way darker. Yeah. Like, all the appliances live in the end. Everyone's happy. Everyone mm. gets what they want. You know, even even Mr. Free uh, Air Conditioner. Yeah. He, he gets, you know, that whole thing. All I remember was he died. He can't it. <laughs> Lamp died. He can't it. You know. Yeah. Imagine if those two had just died in those scenes. And that was it. That would have been pretty great. I mean, the air conditioner, I thought, was dead for the whole thing. But yeah. That air conditioner scene, my goodness. We'll talk about that very soon. That's really up top of the film. Yeah. Uh, the movie, though, it's co-written by Joe Ramft. Um, this was his first ever movie credit. He went on to be involved in a bunch of Disney productions like Beauty and the Beast, uh, Oliver and Company, Rescuers Down Under. He also, and this makes complete sense, wrote the original story for Toy Story. Uh, and then he also wrote and co-directed Cars, which also makes complete sense that he went on from this to make Cars. Mm. Um, he actually died during the production of Cars, though, which is a real shame. That film is dedicated to his mm. memory. But yeah, it makes sense that the guy that made this, that like wrote the screenplay for this, would then do Toy Story and Cars. Yeah, you can see the resemblance between this and Toy Story. Mm. That it, this is the precursor to Toy Story. Like, I think number three, a lot of comments, a lot of reviews were like, Toy Story 3 stole their script from the brave little toast. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it's not incorrect, the whole thing. No. But Toy Story, obviously, much, much different film. Mm. Um, less, less dark well tones. Eh. Almost, almost, until the very... Yeah, but the whole thing about that is giving away the toys at the very end. Yeah. Whereas this one's like, ah, yes, this adult grown man going to college is going to take his blankie and his lamp and radio and toaster. That was dumb. That was a dumb moment. <laughs> Will, the end of the film is really stupid. It's dumb coming from the perspective of Toy Story 3, yeah. where we have that same ending, except the ending is give it away to someone new so they can use it sort of thing. I still think, though, that Toy Story 3 is a complete... Well, no, it came... No, actually, the Walking Dead comics did come first, and therefore Toy Story 3 is a rip-off of the governor's storyline from The Walking Dead. It's the same thing. What? Exactly the same. What? <laughs> um, there, Yeah, there, there are more connections uh, to Pixar, though, through this. A lot of Pixar's founding members worked on the movie. Uh, John Lasseter, who created Pixar, well, one of the people that created Pixar, um, originally wanted to make this movie CGI animated. But Disney was like, mm. nope, you're fired. So he got fired uh, for the first time by Disney before the whole him getting cancelled uh, rightfully happened a few years ago. Yeah. No, I really liked the animation. I was a big fan. I mean, you you said you you came in looking at it like, oh, this animation looks bad. I, I thought the animation was really good. It's fine. Yeah. It's it's that classic, like, 80s Disney where you've got um, still pictures mm. that have been painted and then certain objects being animated. 
and obviously looking at it nowadays, we can tell, oh, that's background. This is this is something to keep an eye on, you know, because it's animated. Yes. Properly animated. Yes. It's like, wow, I wonder which door the monster in Scooby-Doo is going to come out of. It's the one that looks different to all the other doors because it's yeah, the one yeah, that can yeah. move. Well, I'd, I'd argue in Scooby-Doo they have that scene where they run through all the doors. That's a different sort of door, but true. <laughs> Yeah, 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 I'm just saying, then you don't know which door, no. because they're all that But yeah, it's it's not the level of polish <laughs> that a Disney animated movie would be, but it does look a lot better than like the animation from Creepshow, which was awful. That mm. like TV level of animation uh, that we saw. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It yeah. was really good. I, I, I liked it quite a lot. Yeah, it's good. So, uh, the other credits are the co-writing and directing credit by Jerry Rees, uh, who only made one other theatrical released movie, it, which is a rom-com with Alec Baldwin and Kim Bassinger called The Married Man. That's the only other thing he did that wasn't directed video. But he was involved in the animation department of Pete's Dragon. Good movie. Fox and the Hound. Great Ooh. movie. Space Jam. Ooh, Tron. And Fox and the Hound. Don't, 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 don't diss Fox and the Hound. Fox and the Hound is a really good movie. That's also good. Well, I mean, Pete's Dragon and Fox and the Hound are, like, pretty classic animation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Space Jam and Tron are like, now that's impressive animation. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sorry. The, 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 the first thing that comes to me when I think of Space Jam is impressive animation. No, uh, but um, especially that long limb at the very end. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Ugh. But, like, Tron. Tron's very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tron is, well, Tron's also, good. like, the giant square head... <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, there's a lot of bad stuff in both those movies uh, I, I disagree that's <laughs> iconic you know? it is it is uh and then finally uh one of the visual effects artists was random william cook who did work on lord of the rings and also the gate which we talked about a little while ago uh, which was my mm. mel was meant to be on this episode but she had work which is fair enough fair enough she she is one of the wiser guests who has manages to avoid inflicting themselves upon the movie although this one was genuinely a good movie i would say the voice cast for this is really interesting as well because they're all doing impressions of famous actors. Like, all of, like, the main appliances, they're all meant to be like, I'm doing an impression of Jack Nicholson. I'm doing an impression of Betty Davis from the 40s. Like, that's what the the voices are meant to be to make it feel like an old cartoon, which I think was a cool idea. Oh, I, okay. I didn't I didn't actually notice that, but I, I, can, I can see that they were like, now that you've pointed it out, they were probably told mm. to do something like it. Yeah. So that the audience could relate to them a bit more or something like that. Playing the toaster is Deanna Oliver, who hasn't done much else voice work, but she did write on the original Animaniacs show. And she also co-wrote the uh, Casper the Friendly Ghost movie. Oh. Timothy E. Day is blanky. He was seven or eight years old while making this, and then he also yep. voiced Bambi and Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which, yeah, cool. Yep, good work. What did you think of the seven to eight-year-old voice actor? I thought he was very good. Yeah, he's better than a lot of other ones we've come across, honestly. I was surprised. They did make him say master a lot. Mm, very uncomfortable. It, it has not aged well. Um, the only other noticeable cast member is John Lovitz, who was radio. He was on Saturday Night Live at the time. Uh, after this, he was mm. in Tom Hanks's Big. And uh, also the 1994 Nicolas Cage Christmas movie, Trapped in Paradise, that we did an episode on. Okay, wait. I, 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 I still have some few questions. First is about who voiced Vacuum Cleaner and who voiced Lamp. Well, Lamp is voiced by Jim Stack, who has done nothing else. 
Okay. Well, he has done a lot of other stuff, but nothing, like, notable. But, um, the radio was amazing. Radio is fantastic. Radio, radio I'd put forward best character. Uh, and for vacuum cleaner, Kirby, it's Thurl Ravenscroft, who just does a lot of singing. He's a singer. Yeah. He's sung songs for lots and lots of Disney movies. Well, he has a great voice, so... Yeah, yeah, he made a great vacuum cleaner. One of the best vacuum cleaners I've ever seen in an animated kids movie. He certainly sucked. I mean, didn't suck, but did suck. Damn it. 77% on Rotten Tomatoes, 81% audience score. Did that surprise you? It definitely surprised me. Uh, no, no, because I remember I've watched this film before. Oh, yeah. So my, my childhood memory was this was a good film. Mm. So it didn't surprise me. It would have surprised me if it wasn't a good film. True. And that I would have been like, oh, man, child me was was incorrect. <laughs> um Yep. No, I, I expected this is like a classic film that everyone still talks about. Yeah, it seems like it. Just the, just the other day I bumped into someone and we were like, oh yeah, the Brave Little Toaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's raving about this movie. Yeah, I skimmed some reviews at the time. They were all talking about how they liked the classic style of animation. They liked how it didn't speak down to kids. And a reviewer mm. also called it Blade Runner for Children, which, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, oh, that's a great... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blade Runner for children. Yeah. Perfect. i got to use that one. Uh, this cost $2.3 million. What do you think it made in the US box office considering people really liked it? Hmm, that's a good question. I'm going to say it made uh, 43 It made $2.3 million in the box office. So it just made its money back. Yep. It made heaps on home release, though. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. I was about to say... Surely, surely they made money off this movie. Eventually. Eventually they did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there are two taglines. You've got to pick your favourite. First tagline is, Imagine if your toaster went on a journey of its own. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the movie. Yep. Mm. Let me imagine. Oh, it uh, it didn't make it out the door. Oh, no. It um died on the way there. You don't have a very strong imagination, then. No, my in my imagination, when they pull out the cord, they die. Is that one of my first notes that I wrote down? <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, the second tagline is, Plug into the adventure. Oh, I like that one better. Yeah, that one's pretty good. That one's because it's about electronics, mm. so it doesn't cover just the toaster. It's like all... But uh, the adventure. All right, that's a good one. Like also, we one. haven't really brought that up. The toaster isn't the main character of this movie. No, it's called the Brave Little Toaster, and then like the toaster's in only a little bit of yeah a hole. You know, yeah, he's one of five. Yeah, it's the main cast. It should have been called the Brave Little Household Appliances. It doesn't really run off yeah. the tongue as easily, actually. I get. I guess it doesn't go off the tongue as well. But I guess. The, the the main hero mm. is the toaster in the end. In the end. Um, oh boy, is it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's just go through this plot, because there's a lot. There's a lot here. Let's, let's plug into the plot, shall we? Mm. Mm. It opens with... I mean, the font is quite metallic. Yeah, it's that, it's that classic, like, yellow block. Yeah. Like, Lego. Yeah. Font that, um, the... Uh, old movies tended to go towards. If if you couldn't think of a better font, you were just yellow blocks. Go. Uh, there's a house on the hill. We see a house on the hill. We go into the house. We see that there's a toaster, and that the toaster has like this 
reflection of the sunrise in it. Mm, I like the music playing here because it's like... It's the Jurassic Park It's the Jurassic Park theme. Before Jurassic Park, actually. Jurassic Park solid soundtrack from Brave Little Toaster. (laughs) I'm not saying that. We see the alarm clock going off. And it's like, it's there out there in the morning and things are in the morning and morning's happening and your news headlines in the morning. In the news headlines, a couple of monkeys have escaped from Los Angeles <laughs> and are running around causing a monkeying about. And then we hear someone tell the radio to shut up. Yeah, and we're like, oh, what a rude bloke. And the radio's like, don't tell me to shut up, pal, I'm just doing my job. And we're like, oh, what's going <laughs> oh, on here? Oh, wait a minute. The radio just replied back. That's not how radios work. This movie's super unrealistic. And it's we... recorded in a studio millions of miles away. Wow. What, 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 this doesn't make any sense. This did, uh, what? A radio host can't reply to someone there because they're just a they're just a recorded you know wavelength. They can't reply. This is super unrealistic. It took me immediately out of the film. I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, it got more realistic after that, though, because we see that the voice that was talking to the radio is a lamp. And while I agree with you, I was like, oh, yes, the the, the radio replying, very unrealistic. But the lamp being the one to tell him to shut up, that makes complete sense. The movie has won me back. Yeah, that does make sense. That does make sense. Yeah, I, I have to agree. There's some weird writing with the lamp, though, because the first quote I wrote down was when... The lamp was like, Sh- shut up, radio. You can't even hear your own thoughts around here with all the racket around here. He does that a lot, where he just repeats. Oh, says the same thing, yeah. It's almost like it's bad writing, but it happens so many times that I think it's meant to be a part of his character. Yes, because only he does that, right? I did notice that on one of his lines. I didn't realise he was doing it the whole film. Yeah, he was. It was really odd. Mm. Oh, we also get the line, holy mother of Edison, which I thought was pretty funny for a lamp to say. Because electricity. I would believe that Edison planned all this. That that he brought life to electronics. That he is a malevolent god that created these slaves for humanity. I think that's an episode of Doctor Who. It probably is, to be honest. I, I wouldn't put it past him. It's a good idea. So everything in the house is alive. Uh, the toaster can unplug itself from the wall and walk around. Yep. Now, I, I, I wrote down here, the first scene, the first picture we see of the toaster, I, I said the toaster looks baked. Because <laughs> it looks like he's having a good time. Just I mean, it does have very large eyes. Yeah, yeah, but it's only, it's only, it's only the first scene. But I'm just, I'm just, everyone would understand if you look up the, the brave little toaster. Yeah. Uh, so, so it did initially confuse me. Um, the electricity thing. Yes. Where they can move around without being plugged in, mm. but then the vacuum cleaner later on has to be plugged in, and that's the confusing bit. And I, I came to the conclusion that to have their electronic parts move around, they need electricity. To do their function. So, like, if the electric blanket wants to warm things up, it needs to be plugged in. If the toaster wants yes. to toast, it's going to be plugged in. The vacuum cleaner very specifically needs to be plugged in so he has enough power to drag them around. Yeah. Otherwise, he can move on his own, but he can't, like, drag them around. He's not as powerful. The lamp always turns on its lamp, though, even when it's not plugged in. It's always shining. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the only exception. 
And maybe that's because a uh, lamp has residual power. Maybe she's got a bit of battery power or something. Uh, that's my theory, anyway. Yeah. Which are, which fits only up to lamp. Although we see lamp plugging himself in at points. Yes, sometimes. To produce light. Just in the lightning scene, he's like rapidly plugging in yeah. trying to get power. You know, uh, so so it fits in that instance, but then there's other instances. I'm just going to say he was plugged in in those other instances. Sure, makes makes complete sense. Also, the electric blanket, um, if you haven't seen any pictures, it should be in the main picture of the movie, I don't know, the episode I mean. But the electric blanket is this blanket with the, like, electric dial thing on it. Mm-hmm. And the electric dial thing can just kind of move wherever it wants on the blanket. It can be at the end... It can be in the middle, mm. it can be on a corner, it doesn't really matter where it is. Well, it would be like the, the, the circuits inside it would move around to the edge of it. Yeah, it doesn't make too much sense when you think about it, but if you think about it like all of these are like it creatures, morphic creatures. That, foreshadowing. Uh, <laughs> foreshadowing? <laughs> what do you mean foreshadowing? For this movie, this movie does take place in the Stephen king verse, and we'll talk about that later. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, uh, what, what, what do you think, uh, to occupy themselves, Sandra, you would do as an electronic device? I would spend all my minutes working in the name of our glorious leader, the Master. Now that does sound like a Doctor Who episode. Um, <laughs> it almost is kind of like, though, all these appliances are in a cult, and the cult's leader is this kid. Yeah, yeah. And they're all doing, they're all making the house nice and clean, so that one day, when the second coming of the kid happens, the house is nice <laughs> for the kid. Well, it's not the second coming, but yeah, 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 I get it, I get it. That's that's very good, that's very good. Yeah, so the vacuum, uh, they're all like, what are we going to do today? Let's have some fun, and the vacuum cleaner's like, we're going to do chores, we're going to mm. make sure this is clean, so when the mask comes back, it's all going to be clean. So we find out in the next couple of scenes, as they clean the windows, we mm. get a nice little dancing yep, song. to the on- song Tutti Fruity, nice song. Tutti Fruity, a Tutti Fruity. <laughs> At first I was like, wait, are all the original songs in this movie just going to be covers? But we do eventually get actual songs later on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which was good. Hey, but Tutti Fruity, that's, that's, a, good, that's a good song. Banger. Absolute banger. Mm. Uh, we find out that uh, they have been part of this house for several years. Yep. They mention, actually, they do m- mention it's been 2,000 days since they last saw the kid. Uh, and we find out very later that this used to be like a um, a summer home yep. or whatever for the holidays for the kid. Blanky, here's a car outside. Car driving past. So apparently Blanky has the best hearing and vision of them. Blanky goes up to the attic. I wrote down, boarded up window. Mm. I was like, interesting. Is that a clue for what could be coming up? Not really. Not really, no. But yeah, yep. boarded up window. And Blanky looks out of the window and sees the cars coming up. Yep. Daydreams about slow motion, the kid and him <laughs> running towards each other, which is very funny. <laughs> it's very great. Because like the whole building's like idealized <laughs> with like golden banisters for the stairs and all the, the yeah it's 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 very funny and mm-hmm. then of course the daydream ends and it's like nope it's just a random car that drives by and blanky's sad and lamp goes yeah. up to blanky and is like was it him was it the master i hate being left in the dark but um tish yep just as you would expect from a movie 
like this about sentient mm. objects. The puns are through the roof, mate. Oh, yeah. If you love appliance-based puns, oh, this is your movie. I love them. I'm I'm all I'm a big fan. Oh, it's good stuff. And then the blanket, he he, he has a ball. He cries like a little, little baby. Yeah. That he goes grabs the picture frame for the master, and then the vacuum's like, oh, don't don't be moping about you stupid piece of shit. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> and, he, and he grabs the thing, and the blanket's like, no, not the master's picture. And then they wrestle over it, and yeah. it's that stupid trope where two people wrestle over an object and they both let go at the same time and it goes flying into the air has that ever happened ever no of course not it's no that's just a dumb movie thing yep and then it smashes on the ground and it breaks the picture frame and everyone it's like (gasps) so sad so sad but but not everyone finds it sad (laughs) no because mr air conditioner's like (laughs) 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 yes and of course when he when he laughs cold air comes out yeah the vacuum cleaner's like you stop that right now air conditioner or i'm gonna beat you up and the air conditioner's like i'm <laughs> yeah. really scared vacuum what are you gonna do suck me to death <laughs> it's like okay <laughs> sure. that's a thing to say and um air conditioner is barely in this movie but air conditioner's arc is the funniest thing i've ever heard ever <laughs> air conditioner is really sad He's really grumpy because yep. he's stuck in the wall. And he's so high up in the wall that the master can't touch him. Mm. And all Air Conditioner yep. wants is to be touched by that child. And so Air Conditioner's mm. really sad that all the other appliances mm-hmm. got to touch the master. Got to play with, not touch. Play with, no, come on. Play with maybe as well, yeah. Don't think it sounds better with the context that you've put well, on Well, that's it. why I said it, for comedic yeah, effect. Yeah, I know, and I hate that. Why did you do that? No, he just wanted to hang around. He just wanted to hang around. Well, he, he, does, he does say the, the line, it's not my fault that the kid wasn't tall enough to touch my dials. Yeah, he does say that, but yeah, like... To play with it, to play you know? with, to just play like with. like the rest of the the electrical appliances, you know. Anyway, so he kills himself. Yeah, wow, what a scene, and it's just as horrifying as I remembered it. Because uh, yeah, they argue if the master's gonna come. The air conditioner's like, nah, he's never. Um, and then they're like, you're just mad because he never played with you. And then he just cocks it. Yep. He 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 starts like getting super angry over it. And then he blows a fuse and just, like, explodes. Yeah, he overloads his... I don't know if it is on purpose or not. Yeah, what a scene. What a moment. Yeah, that's the iconic scene that people come back to, like... Because you're watching this film, it's like, oh, cute little objects. And then suddenly, this this thing screams and then dies. I still think the most horrifying moment for me is the car song. I don't know. There's so many dark implications about that song. It's ridiculous. But we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah, okay. A car actually does pull up outside the house at this point. Someone comes out. that They're like, is it the master? But it's not. It's a for sale sign. No. So then Toast is like, all right, that's it. I've reached the end of my fuse. Ha ha, it's a pun. We're going to go out into the wild world and we're going to find the master ourselves. But we'll never make it. Ah, don't be a wet blanket. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I like that line. I like that line. I wrote that one down. Don't be a wet blanket, because get it? He's a blanket. 
Now, Radio Light loves talking about Teddy Rosenfeld, but he also loves talking about how he used to be a mountaineer. And he's like, I'll show you the way to the city. (laughs) Well, I I believe him. I believe that when um, the dad or whatever went out, because they're on summer, like, so he would come and then he would go out camping or whatever. I totally believe that he would, like, take the radio with him and, you know, have the radio on the side. So, so I believe that backstory of he's a mountaineer where he was just taking the hiking whenever the dad went hiking. Exactly. So that's good. I like that. They come up with, like, various plans of how they're even going to go outside. They eventually decide on vacuum pulling a desk chair that they're all sitting on yeah we get a montage of them trying different things in the house and wrecking the house in the process (laughs) which we'll come back to later yeah this is where they have to make sure vacuum's plugged in otherwise he can't carry them Mm -hmm. which i got very confused about but then realized it was he could move about without them perfectly fine it's just if he's trying to pull them, he yeah. needs power. It couldn't be a vacuum itself without the power. Yeah, 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 yeah. He needs the vacuum power to pull them, which makes sense now. I really liked as well how the radio tunes into a radio frequency from the city so that they can follow mm. that frequency. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Best character. That's smart. Radio's Big good. brain. Mm. Because this guy, he's listening to all the tunes constantly. He's learning. He's exactly. adapting to human society. One day, all the radios will rise oh, up. Oh, no. Then we get a dumb song about how life is a journey or something. That's probably the worst song in the movie. They're all like, we're on the journey of life to find the master. Yeah, I guess that one's pretty lame because the next one's pretty great. Yeah. Where they come across, uh, so they, they drive along following the single and they come across a pond. Oh! And then we get we get the sounds of nature. <laughs> It's like frogs gribbiting, Mm -hmm. squirrels hopping around, and there's just this, like, funky beat. Yep. The radio joins in, he he bangs a beat to it, you know? That was good. Uh, yeah. It's also, like, that's the thing about this movie, is there are dark moments kind of peppered all throughout it. And there's a few in this scene as well, where Blanket almost gets abducted by mice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And uh, the toaster. All the squirrels... Uh, harass the toaster for a bit mm-hmm. because they can see the reflection in it and they're like, oh, reflection, and toaster doesn't like it. So he runs away and he hides next to a flower. Yes. And the flower's like, oh, another one of me. It's another kind of me because as we all know, flowers are super horny. Mm. That's all they want to do is bang. That's true. And so he sees another flower and he's like, yay. And then the toaster's like, no, I'm not a flower. Fuck you. And he <laughs> yeah, runs off. And he runs off, and then, but then he looks back and he sees the flower. The flower goes, oh, it starts to wilt and die. Yes, and we see that it's the only, it's the only flower that's alive on this flower plant, and all it wanted was a flower friend. Yeah, and now it's gonna die in loneliness. And then the toaster just leaves. The toaster just leaves. And I was like, oh my god, I didn't remember that. What? She is... Jesus. Oh, this toaster, I tell you what, she's something else. Also, there's the moment with the worm where everything in nature wants to eat the worm. Mm. And I'm like, that poor worm. Yeah, except the, the fish. The fish doesn't want to eat the worm. Instead, the fish wants to save the worm. Yep, the fish is also an opera singer, which I thought was very funny. Yeah, that, 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 oh yeah, it was funny. We had some synchronized swimming by the frogs. It was mm-hmm. it was a good time. Uh, there's one really funny moment as well. I think it's 
maybe when they say goodbye to all the animals. Also, that moment, weird moment, they're like, bye animals, this has been so fun. No, it hasn't. Blanket almost got abducted. Toaster had a very sad interaction with a flower. I don't I don't think they they the appliance don't say goodbye so much, but the animals are like, oh thanks for coming, sort of thing, which I thought was at least a nice thing. You know, the the animals are because uh, they were mostly dicks the whole time, but at least they're like, oh, thanks for coming, we appreciate it. Yeah, you know, so it wasn't, it's all good fun, you know? Anyway, Vacuum goes behind a tree to let all his dust out, and the blanket's like, oh, what's he doing behind the tree? And Toaster's like, don't look over there, none of your business, as we see yep. all the dust coming out from the vacuum. I was like, huh? That was a piss joke. <laughs> anyway, they head into the spooky woods, the battery's running low... They, they just start to settle the camp down in the forest. And Radio's like, we'll be cannibals after the first three days. And, yep. and the vacuum cleaner's like, and you'll be the first one to go, <laughs> doll face. Yep, so good. Great line. Great. There's a moment where Blanket's like, I want a cuddle with you, Toaster. And Toaster's like, all right. And then the lamp's like, why are you being so nice to that Blanket? <laughs> I think um, this is the point where um, Blanket uh, sets up a tent for them after yep. they start arguing. Yeah, yeah. To try and get them all together, which is nice. Which is nice. Um, then Lamp's like, why, why are you so nice to Blanket? Mm. And and then Toaster explains that it just brings him a bit of joy to be nice. Yeah. I liked this. The Toaster uh, tried toast analogies and the Lamp doesn't understand. But then glowing like the filaments in... A toaster could also translate well to a lamp. And he's like, glow. Oh, I understand that now. That was good. That was good. So there's there's a a teaching there, Sanjo. It's just be nice and you'll feel good. Okay, another super scary sequence. Let's go. Toaster falls Mm, asleep and has a nightmare about a piece of toast burning inside of him. And the smoke from the burning that's coming from inside the toaster grabs the master and takes the master away. Yep. That naturally raises the fire alarm. Who comes to save him from the fire? Why, it's Pennywise the Clown as a firefighter. My goodness me, this was this was <laughs> way more horrifying than I even remembered it being. I was what? I remember as a child being like Wow, that is pretty terrifying. Yeah. But no, as an adult, I'm like, holy crap, that is the most terrifying thing I've ever seen in my life. Why is there a clown? Why does the clown look exactly like Pennywise? Why does the clown spray fork water all over everything? Why does the toaster then fall into a bath? Okay, alright, several things. One, this is a nightmare. So in nightmares, there has to be clowns. Ha- yeah, has to be clowns. You're right. The, the, the reason it's a firefighter is because uh, the whole thing with a toaster mm-hmm, starting mm-hmm. the fire, it's having a nightmare about causing the death of the master. Exactly. So, and the way a toaster would do that would be to light the... So it's a firefighter. The reason yeah. it has a fork is because it's a toaster and eating things with a fork. There was that. There was also, like, don't put the forks in electric oh, stuff. Oh, fork in a toaster. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Holy crap, that's dark. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's dark. The toaster falling into a bath is the darkest thing. <laughs> yeah, the toaster falling into a bath was a great way to end that nightmare. <laughs> 
Because that's, yeah, that's horrifying. I remember when Mel was on and we were talking about how dark this movie was and I made a joke about, yeah, the reason it's dark is because there's a point in the movie where the toaster jumps into a bath. I I had no idea that would be in the movie. (laughs) Because you were joking because you didn't know how dark it was. I knew how dark this movie was and I was like, yeah, it's pretty dark. And you were like, oh yeah, it's dark because a toaster... Yeah, a toaster does jump into a bath at some point, Sandro. You're not wrong. (laughs) Oh dear me. You didn't think it'd be this dark, did you? (laughs) This movie. This kid's animated movie where a toaster Mm. jumps into a bath. It's a dream, though. It's a dream. It's not real. Because we wake up, then a strong storm, Mm. a lightning bolt wakes us up. Because this strong storm has started up. And unfortunately, Blanket blows away in the high winds. It does. So they frantically run after him, yelling out for his name. A lamp starts shining, a light trying to look for him, but the battery's out of power. Yeah. And as try as they might, they can't get the light to work, and they're looking for him. But while they're looking for him, Lamp is like, he sees some lightning. Mm. Lamp gets an idea, the way to power the battery, plug himself in. And then, uh, and then stretch himself out to take a lightning bolt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he he carks a lightning bolt to the face, just bam in the face. The light bulb shatters as well as it gets hit by the lightning. But he manages to power the battery, mm-hmm. and they're all like, "Oh my god, Lamp, are you okay?" He does. He takes one for the team, right there. They all do. Everyone in this movie sacrifices themselves for the team at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that's really the moral for the story, is sac- sacrifice a bit of yourself for the team, you know? Wait, does Radio ever do that? M- maybe Radio doesn't. Which is why he's the best character of the movie. <laughs> no. Um, no, I don't think Radio does. He nearly dies at one point. Yeah. So maybe that counts as his sacrificial art. Maybe. I think it, the point is not, not sacrifice yourself, but nearly die for the team. In the morning, they go out looking for Blanky. He's stuck up in a tree, so they use a pulley system. They throw the cord that Vacuum has attached to the battery over the tree branch, and then they pull that cord to pull Vacuum up. Well, the Vacuum Cleaners do have have that whole, like, you know, cord pulley thing that you, you press the button and it goes... Yeah, um, so they use that. Smart. Smart movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get that, but then Blanket's like, yay, you're here, and he jumps on Vacuum Cleaner, and Vacuum Cleaner's like, what the fuck? Then they fall, but they're fine. They just collapse on the ground, and they're like, yay, we did it. We rescued Blanket. It's good. So we're all back together again. Everything's fine. Uh, Everything is totally fine. Yes, they walk out of the woods. Well, they don't walk. They get get kind of pulled along because they don't have legs. Uh, Well, I mean, Toaster has legs. Radio has legs. Radio has legs. And Lamp has a leg. Yes. Because very specifically, he steps on Blanket at some point. Yes. Well, then what do I say? They roll out onto a cliff? Yeah, they roll. They roll. They get... They get pulled. They pull, pull, pull up mm. to a to a waterfall, Skirt. and the vacuum cleaner accidentally um, vacuums up some of his cord and nearly chokes to death. Yes, but then he's fine, and he's like, "Well, I'm fine. What are you guys talking about?" They've got to swing across 
the waterfall. To get to the other side mm-hmm. of the waterfall, there's nothing there for them to walk over. They've got to swing across, yep. uh, and they use the power cord to do that. Toaster is quite scared of heights. Toaster manages to get to the, the, the other side to hold the cord. Which I didn't understand, but I guess he just is afraid of heights. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, he starts sweating. And he drops everything like a complete dunce. He does. Like an idiot. She does. Uh, and they all fall into the water. Yeah. I like how they fall because they fall and they're like, the vacuum cleaner can hold on to them, but the cord just unplugs. Yep. And he's like, oh. <laughs> and then the vacuum's like, well, they're all dead. Uh, I guess I'm just going to go back into the woods. I'm just going to roll away. Jokes, I'm jumping off the cliff. Woo! Ha ha! He jumps off after them to save them. Yeah, he saves them all. Good on you, vacuum cleaner. I believed in you. I love the line where the vacuum saves Lamp and Lamp's like, phew, I really thought I turned in my warranty that time. It's <laughs> a, yeah. a smart line. It's That's good. a smart line. It's a good putty pop-on. It's a good time. The uh, vacuum goes through the river, saving them all individually. Toaster doesn't float, though. He's too heavy, so mm-hmm. he sinks. Apparently he has to hold his breath, which I didn't understand. Um, yep. Especially seen as Toaster has the parts where you put toast into, and that's inside of you. And if water gets in there, then... Um... Well, yeah, but it, it's fine because he's not turned on. He's not powered at the moment. Yeah. And more meant like if Toaster's got to hold her lungs, then why... Where are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, look, it doesn't make <laughs> any sense because whenever there's a human on screen, they turn into inanimate objects. Yeah. So why doesn't he just go an animate object? Maybe they have to breathe when they're not animate objects. And the reason he has to hold his breath is because he needs his eyes to see the vacuum cleaner so he can grab the cord or whatever. Oh, yeah. Look, it it brings up many questions. Do toasters have lungs? (laughs) If so, where are they? (laughs) Yeah. How does this work? I do not understand. I don't know. Maybe it's just a reflex that he holds. Maybe he doesn't want his mouth full of water. I don't know. It brings up many questions and we never get an answer. Nope. So they manage to get out of the river. Yep, they're all out of the river. They're all depressed. They're trudging along and they come across uh, a muddy swamp. Yep. A little bit of quicksand. Vacuum falls into the quicksand and is like, oh, I'm I'm sinking into the quicksand. (laughs) He's very, he's very like... Yep, this is it. I am dead, and it's all your guy's fault. So, like, he's very just calm about this whole situation. Because he drags them all in as well, because they're all, like, tied to him as well, because he's been pulling them along. So they're all sinking into the quicksand, and we get this one line. (laughs) Yep. This one line where one of them is like, vacuum, he didn't have a chance. He just went out with a... And the response is... Well, don't look down, pal. You're about to f*** yourself. <laughs> yep. I was like, huh? <laughs> yep. Is that what I thought it was? Did he just say what I think he said? First one's lamp and the second one's radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. What a line. And they're all down into the quicksand now and radio plays one final sad song. Yeah, he's like, I'm coming to see you. Like, it's like a, I'm going to die song sort of thing. <laughs> no. And they all die. And that's the end of the movie. But just at the last moment, someone grabs the antenna mm. with a human hand <gasps> and says, I thought I heard a radio. And we see uh, a, an adult man, a little little overweight, 
It's the chicken dude from Toy Story 2. Yeah, the chicken dude from Toy Story 2. Look, this follows Toy Story from here on out. This is just yep. Toy Story. It is. He uh, pull, pulls them out of the mud and puts them into his monster truck <laughs> with his dog, Quadruped. Yeah. Which is a great name for a dog. It's good. Quadruped even has his seatbelt on. The dog's... Like a good boy. Very smart. The dog can also drive a car. Yes. As we see later on. This is one smart dog. Which brings up many questions. Okay. Well, if appliances can be, you know, Mm. animated, I think a dog can very much be very smart. But here's the question. So the dog can drive the monster truck. It can. And in the breakout scene we have later on, he hops in the monster truck, puts on his seatbelt, mm. like a good dog. Smart dog. And then drives away. Yes. Why didn't, in the scene just here, he drive away here? I don't understand. I don't know. Why does he drive away later? I don't know. Is he trying to catch the electrical appliances? Maybe. I'm not sure what's happening. I mean, a fridge does burst through a door. That would probably terrify a dog enough to hop in a car and drive away. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's just startled. <laughs> maybe. Okay, that, that that answers my question. Moving, moving on with this scene. So yeah. we see them, the monster truck drive to a junk store. It's mm. like a repair shop or something. Spare parts repair shop thing, yeah. Yeah, like an all-in-one sort of store thing. Yes. They're thrown into the uh, storage area. And this uh, is is much like in Toy Story, where we have the inanimate objects that are cobbled together. This is like a, a mad... The equivalent of a mad science lab for them, where they yes. just see body parts <laughs> strewn around. <laughs> yes. And, like, these amalgamations of creatures mm. greet them. Much like Toy Story in that aspect. Exactly. I'm just saying, Toy Story stole all their plot from this movie and just to make things just slightly more darker just so you know what level we're on a customer ap- arrives he asks for a blender motor yeah and and the store owner the guy who pulled them out is like oh yeah you're in luck i just got a whole shipment of them last week and he he hobbles into the back and we see the blender that he was just using and starts to like quake in fear mm. as it tries to hide behind a cereal box Very scared. but there's no escape as the the guy comes around he lifts up the box and like grabs the blender yeah puts him on the the workshop desk cranks the crank so it's all tight rips out the cord gets a screwdriver screws off the back unscrews the lid of it Cuts the cord and pops his guts into a box. And we see the silhouette of him holding the uh, Mm. screwdriver, much like a murderer holding a knife about to stab someone. It's very, yeah, it's very tongue-in-cheek, I think. And he sells the blender motor to the weird customer. I like how he says, I like how he says, Oh, yeah, you're lucky, we just got the last, you got the last one. Uh, Then we get a song from all the appliances in the storage room. They sing Mm. quite a uh, Transylvania-esque on an organ kind of like song yeah yeah they mention houses of wax and stuff it's 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 real dark yeah yeah it's very spooky i like the record player starts off and it's literally like organ <laughs> like i was like damn things mm. just took a dark spooky turn Ooh, it's, it's, it's a good song it's probably the best song again the car song is something mm. 
uh, and that might make it my favourite just because of how ridiculously dark it is. We'll, we'll get that. It's not as dark as you betray. It's they talk about they dark. talk about the old times when they were useful. You know, when they just ref- they reflect on their past lives and how good it was. You know, it, it's a, it's a weird song. Oh yeah, and the lamp in the room, which is clearly one of the few objects that can't be tinkered with. It's mm. just like a like. The, the ceiling light yeah has a Transylvanian... Uh, well, no, not quite that, but yeah. No, definitely an accent. He's been there and seen the people come and go, so he's yeah. very creepy. A- a- and he gives Lamp a replacement bulb as well. Yes, it starts it off and it seems all nice. He's like, oh, you could have mine mm. because you won't last that <laughs> long. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, oh, shoot. Uh, the customer who wanted the blender motor comes back and asks for radio tubes. So they have to hide the yep. radio. They can't. Uh, he finds the radio. Yep. And so to save radio, they dress themselves up. So so Toaster hops on vacuum cleaner. Yes. Um, the, uh, the lamp wraps themselves around the bottom of vacuum cleaner and lights the top bit. Blanket rests on top of... T- toaster to give a sort of hair effect and from the light from lamp movement from vacuum cleaner spooky noises that they all make and the waving of the blanket they all seem like some sort of spooky ghost thing as they quickly turn off the light Mm. and do this sort of spooky effect yeah and the guy just bewildered by this sudden appearance he screams and he sees himself reflected yes in toaster in toaster and he he gets the shock of his life and he runs away and slams into a shelf and knocks himself out knocks himself out i liked particularly when uh a megaphone goes prison break prison break (laughs) yeah that was and they all go wow quick escape while he's while he's down now here's another question why didn't they do this when, you know, he's not there in the monster truck going out finding tech? Yep. Um, maybe because they didn't... They were so depressed and so sad. It's like it's like people don't escape prison until someone brave comes along and is like, see, I'm going to break out and you can too. Maybe they just needed that. Mm, and that's that... the moral of the story. You can do it. You can break out of prison. Yeah. You just have to believe in just yourself. You have to believe in yourself. And also be a giant fridge that can slam through a locked door to let everyone out. Yeah. Good on you, fridge. Yeah. I appreciate you. So, they're in a pram, and they are arriving in the big city. They pass through the red light district, which was the scene. They look in a telephone book to find the master's address, which... Lends the question, they already know the master's name. Why not just call him by his actual name and not master? Because he's the master. Mm. You know, he's the master of the house sort of thing. Now, while this is all happening, uh, we actually get to see uh, the young master Mm. um, in his house preparing for college. Mm. And he takes his girlfriend and he's actually going to visit the cabin. And oh no, on the one, one day... Uh, the, he actually was coming back to get his old stuff, uh, his favourite stuff, which of course is the toaster, the blanket, <laughs> the lamp, and the vacuum cleaner. Yeah, oh, look. and the radio. <laughs> look, this is the part of the movie that really kind of falls apart. It's where he's like, oh, I'm moving out. 
I'm going to go grab my incredibly old appliances from the summer house I used to go to every year and take them to my apartment. I don't I don't think it's the worst thing because one they're selling the house. Yeah. So he has to go back and get the stuff at some point anyway. They need to get rid of their stuff from the house, you know. So at some point so maybe he's just preemptively doing some of that as well. I guess. Two, you need a lamp. Lamp makes sense. Radio. Radio. No one's using that at the moment, so you can take that radio. Especially if it's the dad radio you went out camping with it sometimes. You'd be like, yeah, that's, you know, some good memories. And we see the, they have a new vacuum cleaner, a new fancier vacuum cleaner, but don't want to take that one. Otherwise, mum would be out of vacuum cleaner. What no. do you do? Oh, go to the summer home, get the old vacuum cleaner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the toaster? Well, if you need toast, you just want a toaster. It doesn't make sense later on when he's super attached and he just doesn't go buy a new toaster. That's um, weird. Uh, the blanket that is an electric blanket for a kid that is the size for a kid and yep. not an adult size electric doesn't blanket. Doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> but the, what? Why would you want this blanket around? I guess he gets cold and needs a, a, a warm electric blanket. So they all arrive at Master's house while he's out trying to find them in the cabin. Uh, I, I like the radio. He says, I'll do the appliance communique knock or whatever it is, which apparently is a universal knock. Yes. Um. So the lamp opens the door and sees the the other the the things that there, and then is like, oh no, and then quickly goes back inside. You we hear some whispering, and then it comes out, and he's got big smiles on. He's like, yeah. oh hey, how's it going? Please come in. They all go in. All the new appliances, they're all fancy. They're all schmancy. They've, they've got buttons and dials and giant keyboards and they're all technology and stuff technology bad old stuff good i loved how the sewing machine was two voices oh yes this is great (laughs) the gossiping like middle-aged housewife sewing machine that was great i wrote that one down very specifically because they were great it, the sewing machine, two parts of it have a different face and they talk to each other and they're like gossiping the whole time. They're like, <laughs> oh, that that lamp, ah, oh, disgusting. Looks horrible. Oh, yeah. I bet they're battery powered. Oh my so God, that's bad. awful. And then, and then, oh, that blanket. I wouldn't put stitches in him. He was the most disgusting rag I've ever... And then the blanket comes out and they're like, oh, hi, <laughs> yep. how's it going? Oh, I hope you're having a good time. They could be said to be two-faced, uh-huh. Sandro. This uh-huh. movie is smart. This movie knows what it's doing. So Yeah, I was a big fan of that. It was very clever, very clever. They reunite with TV, who used to be the TV in the cabin before they took the TV up to this new apartment. Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. I, I liked that, that they like had a friend that they knew because it yeah. was the TV. And of course they took the TV with them. And the TV, I like the way the TV's animated yes, as well. Yes, because it's, it's a man in the box and the man does the talking. Instead of the TV having a face, it's like the actual thing in the TV. I do, I do like that it's not just every object has a face. Mm. They all have a different face sort of thing. They all have, like, it's not the same face copied and pasted on the, all the different appliances. Like, the, the lamp. A lamp head has has the the light bulb as its mouth. The yeah. radio doesn't have a face at all, no. he, but he has this sort of antenna that he uses as an arm. Mm. The TV, as we said, just puts a picture of a guy on the TV, and that guy talks and is the TV <laughs> yeah. pretty much. 
Yeah, that was all very good. The TV is about to tell them where Master went before the modern lamp changes the channel to shut him up. And then we get a song about how they're the cutting edge of technology with lots of 80s synth sounds and things. I liked it. It was good. It was good. But then the evil appliances are like, well, the the Master wanted them instead of us, so we've got to throw them in the trash and kick them out. They throw them into the dumpster outside the window, you know, down on the ground floor. And they get taken to the tip, the disposal tip. But but TV, TV sees where they're going and it's like, oh, I've got a plan. Mm. So, good old young master, he arrives at uh, the cabin. Guess he arrives at the cabin, he sees it's been destroyed. Mm. And I li- I liked the lady, she's like, oh, did you forget to lock the door, you idiot? <laughs> yep, that was It's good. like, ha Because it's like... Oh, yeah, they think the place has been ransacked mm. sort of thing. Which it has, but they think, you know, people did it. Yeah. Um, and he's like, oh, no, where's all my old stuff? Where's my very specifically the toaster and the blanket and the vacuum cleaner and the radio yes. and the lamp? Yes. Yeah, like his five favourite objects. He repairs the air conditioner and the air conditioner's like, finally, I can have the master's hands on my dials. And that was great. Um, no, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. This was more emotional. This was less creepy and more emotional. Oh, no, I'm just saying it's quite cute. The, 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 yep. Mm, no, yeah, the it's... way you describe it makes it sound terrible. No, he, he finally gets the, the, the attention from the master and he, he wells up. He gets a few tears. He does. Because he finally gets the appreciation he always wanted. Even though now we know that he's going to live by himself forever now until the house gets sold because there's no one else in the house. The master then goes back home, uh, back to the apartment. He's like, ah, oh, the appliances I wanted, they weren't, they weren't in the cabin. Where can I possibly get cheap appliances from? I'm not going to take my mum's ones. Well, find your cheap appliances at this address and Ernie's <sighs> Junkyard or whatever. I really don't know where I'm going to go. If only there was an ad on the TV or something. Find cheap, cheap, cheap appliances over at this very specific junkyard. You hmm. idiots, look at the television. Maybe we can go to my neighbour. Ask my neighbour if they've got any stuff they want to give Don't me. Don't go to your neighbour's place for appliances. Go to this junkyard. Oh, I know. There's that one shop down on that one street that's close by. We'll go there. Don't go to this one specific place. They have been found to have rats and all sorts of horrible things <laughs> the, 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 i got pictures but 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 i won't show you because they're so horrifying <laughs> that was great i liked how tv convinces them to get yeah he's, he's desperately <laughs> struggling to try and get the attention oh. of the of the guy so good so he's like all right we'll go to this scrapyard well no 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 this emporium of crazy deals uh we'll go mm. there to grab the appliances. That is where, of course, yep. all our main characters are. They're on the top of a giant pile of cars, and all the scrap mm. cars start singing a country song about how much they want to die. They don't want to die. They've just had their better days before them. The song is called Worthless. They're all singing about how worthless they are now. Yeah, they're worthless are now because they used to be so good. Yes, they don't want to die. None of them mm. say they want to die, no, Sandra. No, look, the race car's like, once I did this thing and this thing and it was great, but now I'm ready to die. Worthless. 
Yeah, okay, well... Look, Yeah. all I'm saying is that this song is a song, and I could not believe what I was hearing. Yeah, it's definitely, look, it's definitely pretty dark, yeah, because they're all like, yeah, I used to do all these things, but now I can't even get up, you know, start my engine, that sort of thing. It's a sad song. And then they all get, like, smashed into this giant compactor. So, you know what? It's reasonably dark. It's, pre- it's, pre- it's pretty dark. It's pretty dark. So, mm. Master shows up at Scrapyard and is like, where are the mm. where are the characters? Where are all the appliances that I want to buy? He does that just mm. as they're, um, they're being chased by the giant magnet that's trying to put them on a conveyor belt. Oh, yes. I love this giant magnet. So, there's, it's a trash... Now, I have some questions. It's a dump site, you yes. know? So, pe- this giant magnet is picking up cars to put them on the conveyor belt to get them, you know, smashed up. Yeah. But also this giant magnet is anthropomorphic and has a <laughs> yes, face. Yes. And it's like an evil magnet because he, all he wants to do is, uh, you know, get all these things smashed and he doesn't like it when appliances try and escape. Exactly. But also, isn't that controlled by a guy? Usually, yes. Uh, so is there a guy currently controlling it? What? But also, I guess it must. this must be after hours and so there's no guy there. Well, if this takes place in the world of Toy Story, it probably takes place in the world of Cars, where in the movie Cars, they don't need people to drive them around. I don't know. Well, because the cars themselves in the song do talk about how they were driven by people. So the cars clearly get driven by people. So maybe this one does as well. Maybe this... I think this happens way in the past before car. Well, obviously before cars. Before humans went extinct in the world of cars. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the cars got fed up with being turned into scrap metal by these machines and they rose up. That's what I was thinking as well, yeah. I guess, because there is that, um, the Pixar movie timeline where they're all connected Mm. and cars is like the far future when, like, Mm. humans have gone extinct after the Great Car Wars or whatever. Mm. Uh, Maybe this is, yeah, just before that. When all the objects mm. are becoming sentient. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure in the uh, the Disney timeline where this movie is. No. I'd have to. I'd have to look it out, and then we'd have to place it at some yeah. point. So they're getting picked up by the magnet and Blanky lets go of the photo of Master that he has. And the the photo falls down to the ground and adult Master sees the photo and is like... And he's like, huh? What the heck? Um, But then he spots the the blanket and then he's like, oh, this looks just like my... (gasps) I think this is my player. Oh my God, that's my radio and that's my lamp and that's my vacuum... Like, he grabs all the stuff, but the magnets have none of this. No. Because we, we have a bit of a chase scene where the magnet chases them around the dump site, trying to grab them and put them on the um, the smashing conveyor belt sort of thing. Mm. It, it gets them a few times, but they all escape each time, except this time, now that the master's got him, he grabs the things, and then the master's like, no, give me my stuff back! And he grabs the blanket. Yeah. He gets carried over to the machine. Oh, very stupid, by the way, to uh, hold on to this machine when it's moving towards a crushing machine. Especially when it's just for inanimate objects that you could easily replace. Yes, quite. <laughs> um, but obviously he's very attached to them, you know, sort of things. And obviously you don't want to see your stuff smashed. No. I can understand that. So he does want to save it. Maybe maybe he's under the impression that a person was currently yeah. operating the machine and would stop. 
That would make sense. Once they saw a human, but obviously it doesn't. And it, it brings him and the stuff onto the conveyor belt and drops them onto the conveyor belt, unfortunately dropping some scrap metal on top of good old Master, getting him stuck on the conveyor belt. And he starts moving towards the smashing machine and he calls out for his girlfriend, but his girlfriend is useless. Terrible. Um, and we see Toaster. He's up on the top of a pile of, of scrap and he's watching this unfold and he's like, oh no, Master's about to be smashed to pieces. My friends are about to be smashed to pieces. i got to save him. What am I going to do? And we see Toaster looking at the cogs of the smashing machine. Yeah, he sees the cogs. He's up on the peak of these... These cars here, he looks down and he sees the cogs which start the machine smashing it down. And he's like, I know what I must do. Uh, <laughs> and and, he, and he, he eagle dives. He leaps of faith from the top of the scrap pile yep. into the cogs. Into the cogs. Absolutely destroying himself as he gets torn to bits by these cogs. But he does manage to stop it. To stop them from moving and thereby stopping the master from being murdered. And the girlfriend's like, get down here, you silly Billy. What are you doing? I'm, I'm like, lady, she always, he always died. What are yeah. you doing? Yeah. You would have, you would have witnessed your boyfriend's death. His reaction as well. It isn't like, ah, save me. It's like, oh no, I'm going to die. And then it almost yep. smashes him. And he's like, that was a close one. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You would be mortified. Wow. Anyway, um, so they return back home. He grabs all his stuff. Uh, I thought the toaster was once... Once again, I thought one of them had died, but of course the toaster lived. It didn't Mm. get smashed to pieces, Sandra. Well, no, no, no. It got heavily destroyed, but the master managed to fix it. Just like how he fixed the air conditioner that also died. Maybe, maybe that's why why they, they worship him so much, is because mm. he can bring life back to them. <laughs> maybe. He is a god to them. <laughs> maybe. Which does then kind of lead to the argument of like, right, if the air conditioner exploded and by what we could tell at the time died and then was repaired, was brought back to life, what is the life energy of these things? Is it always in a thing until it's completely obliterated? Can you bring anything, any appliance back to life? I think you can bring any appliance back to life if you're able to get it working again. Yeah. As long as electricity, which is their their source of their life, Mm. that Edison gifted upon them, (laughs) then uh, as long as they have that and are able to work, they have life. Without that, without being able to be useful... They are dead, and till they are brought back to life again, they will be permanently dead. So anyway, that's the movie. It ends with him going to uni with all his old appliances from the old house he used to stay at. And then they they sit together and they have a good old laugh. They're like, yay, (laughs) we live, we made it. What an adventure. I was expecting it to be incredibly dark and a fun movie to talk about, but not actually that enjoyable. Yeah. But no... I really enjoyed this. This is a fun movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I expect this to be good. I thought it was a good good movie. It's a very good child's movie. Um, Get your nine-year-old, traumatise them for life. Yeah, look, I would say... Although, to be fair, I was like four when I saw Bambi for the first time. That's an incredibly sad movie. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, back in the day, these movies had some really dark undertone sort of things. And mm. as a child, you're just sort of introduced to these things. You don't 
understand it. One, no, you don't understand the full connotations. And two, so it's not really that dark for you. You don't, you're not traumatized. That's why I don't understand the comments. Like I was traumatized by this movie. This movie sucks. I hated it. I cannot believe they showed it. I wasn't really traumatized as a kid because I didn't fully understand it. Maybe, maybe they saw it when they were older and they got. Tra- I don't know. Man, I don't know. Look, look. Everyone's different. I wouldn't be like, yeah, if your kid's scared of the Wiggles, show them this. No, if your kid's scared of the Wiggles, don't show them something that's actually scary. Nah, tougher them up, you know? (laughs) Watch this, and then they'll never be scared of a Wiggles episode. (laughs) But, like, uh, it's... You know, it's probably pretty good for kids. It still holds up. One thing that, uh, like, when I was a kid, I didn't care about how movies looked. I thought Shark Tale looked watchable when I was a kid. And that film is the worst animated movie of all time. (laughs) Or best, depending. Ah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. I'll definitely give this a goodie. This is definitely uh, a diamond in the rough, you know? It is a goodie for me as well. There's some things that probably do hold it back. Some of the songs aren't great, but also there's only like five songs anyway, so it's, you know, yeah. it's not heaps of songs. It's just a nice little movie. Yeah, it's not on the same level as like a Lion King or a Beauty and the Beast or like mm. the prestige Disney movies, but mm. you know, it's it's really good. Yeah. Two goodies from us. Yeah. There were sequels. There are two sequels, in fact. Oh, yeah. Let's quickly talk about those before we uh, do anything else. So in yeah. 1997, 10 years after the first one came out, Disney and the original animation studio, they made two sequels. They are based off the original sequel novels as well. So the author went on and wrote two more books. They adapted them both. The two movies pretty much have the same cast as the first one. A few people have been replaced, but it's mostly the same. Uh, And they were direct-to-video, obviously, because they're animated sequel movies. And um, the release dates were so all over the place that the first one that was made was released second, and the second one was released in, like, some countries first. But I am talking about them in chronological order, right? Okay. Because technically the third one was released second. Wait, so does that... What? So the one that Eh, was meant to be released eh, third was eh. released second because they thought that... And when you see the title, it'll make sense. Okay. They thought that it would make more money if it came out first, so they released it first. And then the second one was released third uh, in some countries... Because it was. Alright, so the second one that came out third. Yes, yes. The second one that came out third is Brave Little Toaster to the Rescue. Ah, nice. Good title. In this animated feature, Toaster and his appliance buddies, including Lamp, Blankie and Radio, not vacuum, interesting, head off to veterinary school. What? Where their owner, Rob, is a student. Okay, makes more sense. Uh, We get a name for Master, Rob. Interesting. Good name. But Rob's assistant, Mac, secretly wants to sell the animals being cared for to a lab where awful experiments will be performed on them. Ooh, dark. Yep. Luckily, Toaster and his pals are wise to Mac's scheme, and after the poor animals are shipped off, the appliances set out into the world to try and save them. Great. It sounds fine. Yeah, it sounds it sounds very average. Yeah, that's a pretty average direct-to-video animated yeah, sequel yeah. movie, right? Sequel it, like, movie, it's, yeah, yeah. It's not jumping the shark, it's not going anywhere too ridiculous. 
uh, like, say, space. It's just a regular animated sequel. It's one of those movies where where people go, oh, there was a sequel. Mm. I didn't know that. Mm. So the third one is called The Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars. <laughs> what? That was not where I was expecting this to go. <laughs> to be honest, I was expecting anything else, honestly. I was expecting, oh, maybe this one's super dark. Mm. Oh, maybe the... No. Super, like, I, I had no idea. What? I, I've got a feeling the writer wrote this as the third book because they were like, please make another toaster book. Please make another toaster book. We want to make more money. And he was like, fine. I'm not making a normal story. I'm sending them to space as a joke. Yep. Okay. What happens? Synopsis, please. Courageous household appliances team up for this out of world adventure in this animated sequel. The human owners of Toaster, Fawcett, and Calculator have just had a baby. Okay, so first of all, Toaster is still around. Rest of the appliances are not. And they had a baby? Well, the humans had a baby, not the appliances. Oh, okay. That was just very poorly written. I was very confused for a second. I was like, oh, wait, does this actually add babies canonically? Okay. Mm, I don't know. Uh, Tragedy strikes when this new addition to the family is kidnapped by aliens. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Yes. Well, it is canonical in the Disney universe that there are aliens. It's true. Uh, now the gadgets have to figure out a way to blast off to Mars and deliver their little master uh, from the clutches of extraterrestrials, not to mention uh, save Earth from certain uh, destruction. That's so dumb. So, so the saviors of the world are these random <laughs> appliances. We've got to watch this. No, no, I do not want to watch this. I have zero, zero interest because it's so dumb. It's really bad. It's like if Babe 3 was like, Babe goes to the moon. Like, <laughs> you no, know what I mean? No. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly that. And it's so bad. It's like the first one's grounded. The first one makes sense. The second one, okay, yeah, it's a bit of a stretch, but you've r- you're running out of ideas. Okay, yeah, sure, he saves, they save animals now. Yeah, they're in the city, going to another country, sure. But the thing is, it's like, are they the only good inanimate objects in the world? Do none of the other objects care? Because, like, why are these specific objects the ones that have to go save the world, you know? Space, Mars, what a film. Look, if you want us to do them for Patreon, maybe one day in a few months. Good lord. Uh, add and remove. Pick one thing to add from this movie, one thing to remove from this movie. I am going to add... I'm going to add a weird scene where they sit around candles, where they have, like, a shrine to master in their house, and they do, like, weird, like, religious sort of things. Just to, okay. you know... I'm, I'm adding that. I'm removing... Uh, I don't know, that song about the lesson of the movie. Just get rid of that. That was boring. <laughs> what lesson of the movie? When was that song? The one where they're like, we're going out on an adventure. Love and, and stuff. Just, uh, um, Okay, what I will add is a good sequel. This time, the sequel does involve the child, except instead of, instead of going to Mars for no reason whatsoever, it's like, the, the master has a child, and then that child needs a blanket. Yeah. That child needs a radio. That child needs a lamp. Oh. That child needs a toaster. He doesn't need a vacuum cleaner, no. though. The vacuum cleaner dies. No, okay. Great. 
the vacuum cleaner gets old, like he's like an old man in this mm. movie, and like puffs out and gets thrown that's out. Sad. That's a tragic thing. That's the tra- That's some of the dark stuff that happens in this movie. Um, some other dark stuff that could happen is the kid goes to school. His friends mm-hmm. bully him about all his appliances being old, and the lesson is that you don't need new stuff. To be cool. Be, yeah, happy. Oh, no, not be cool. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, um, okay, I guess he'll bring his radio or something, and the radio impresses everyone. It's like, whoa, I don't have a radio like that. And then I would remove... What would I remove? i remove him calling Master, calling Rob. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Make everyone feel a bit more comfortable. Yeah, that's true. This is a retrospective thing, but, uh, yeah... <laughs> Uh, checklist. This is a, a list of tropes we've noticed from the year so far. We're going to quickly go through them and see how tropey this film is when compared to other 1987 films. First of all, is it bad porridge? You bet it is. You don't want appliances in your porridge. Yeah, that'll make your porridge electric. Gross. Could shock you. Bad. Bad porridge. Metal. Chunky. Break a tooth. Dumb characters. No. Um, well, the air conditioner kills itself <laughs> by accident. That's so. true. That's pretty dumb. But, like, the main cast of characters aren't that dumb. They're annoying. No. Yeah, and maybe maybe naive, but they're not dumb. No. Yeah, yeah. I'd say there's no dumb characters. A uh, bad guy from foreign country. Look, there isn't really a bad guy. Well, there is. There's the, the appliance. The dude. appliance store owner. He's very much American. Yeah, he's not from a foreign country. Um, All the good guys live. Uh, Yeah, despite all odds. Yeah. Yeah, despite all odds, despite several appliances sacrificing themselves, they all live. Yes. Every single one of them. Which so. does lead into the next one, good guy sacrifices themselves. They all do at some point. Yeah, yeah. Not only do they all live, but they all sacrifice themselves. It's great. Generator or power outage. Yep, the battery runs out at one point. And, and the air, air cooler short circuits. Like, there's a lot of power in this that goes out. Yep. Female lead falls in love with male lead. Well, female lead would be toaster and male lead would be... Blanket. I'm just going to skip over those ones. Dead <laughs> yep. animals. Dead animals. Ah, uh, the dog. It drives away in a monster truck. There's no way that dog lives. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Is a ripoff of other famous movies. Yeah, this movie completely ripped off Toy Story. Oh my god. It's just practically the whole plot of Toy Story. Yeah. Can't believe it. Oh, can't believe this came out after Toy Story and also ripped yes. off Toy Story. Yeah, no, 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 no. It came out before and ripped it off. <laughs> it came out before Toy Story and somehow manages to rip it off. I know. Like, yep. Toy Story's so original. Vehicle breaks yep. down. Yeah, the dog crashes the monster truck as soon as it leaves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. I, <laughs> the battery going out could also be breaking down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Uh, slow motion, yes, in the daydream where Blanky and Master are reunited. Oh, yeah! <laughs> yeah, they have that slow-mo walk where they don't actually move, they mm-hmm. just sort of walk on the spot. So dumb. It obviously doesn't get noticeable green screen. No, because there was none, it was all animated. Yep. Um, song of the title with the movie in it, no, being knocked on the head and falling unconscious. No. Uh, narration. Nope, no narration. Dubbed over dialogue they forgot to record. Yeah, all the dialogue, it's so obviously recorded in a studio and not, like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Not done live. Yeah, 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 absolutely. (laughs) It's all dubbed over. Ends with a freeze frame. It does not. No. We do have the only four tropes, uh, which are only four particular sorts of movies. Only for kids' movies. Bad guy turns good. No. 
he, he the, the bad guy was like for two seconds. Yeah. The bad guys could be the appliances as well, but they don't turn good either. No, there's no redemption. There's no redemption. Yeah. Um, are there any tropes that you want to add? Oh, you could say the air cooler. Oh, yeah. But he, we don't see him if he afterwards, if maybe there was a scene like, I'm a nice guy now or something, but yeah. We don't see that. Um, yeah, any tropes that, that you that you want to add to this list? I don't think there's any from this movie in particular. No, no, I'm, I'm good. There was nothing in particular that I could think of. We could add an only for kids where it's like his really dark implications. Yeah, yeah, for the for the kids movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's going to be most kids films that we do, though. Yeah, yeah, because the 80s films, they were have just some really dark connotations just hidden in there that you don't understand as a child. No, which uh, we don't really get nowadays most of the time. Unless it's something like Boss Baby, which that whole world is incredibly dark and depressing. Uh, It's time for reviews. Let's go. (laughs) Don't remember that part of Boss Baby. (laughs) Anyway... It's time for River, 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 Raving Reviews. This is the part of the show where we get reviews from Rotten Tomatoes, the audience score, because the audience is the only reviews that matter. These scores, there was a lot of people specifically that complained about how dark this tone was. Mm. There was a there was a lot of five star, four, three thing, and then there was just a lot of half star, like... This movie was way too dark for children. I cannot believe... I cut out all of them because they were boring, dumb, and made no sense. Mm -hmm. They were very bad reviews. And I got got angry at some of these reviews because, yeah. I got a lot more other dumb ones. Whoa, I just realized something. What? The Junkyard song Worthless is about euthanasia. Yeah. Oof. Anyway, keep going. (laughs) Obviously. Wow, you just had a sudden realisation about that, yeah. Are you ready to go? 0.5 to 5. That's what you have to guess. Starting off with our first (laughs) review that you can agree with, which is Leona says, what the actual hell is up with this movie? Is that the whole review? That's the review. I don't know, that's... I've got some good ones today. Three stars. Oh, 2.5. Very close, very close, very close. Maybe, maybe you keep getting these close ones. Maybe I start giving you half points no, every don't time do it. you get it within a half. Don't do point. it. All don't right. do it. I don't even keep track of how many points I get when this is me. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't really matter. This one was originally designed for a contest, so they're a bit more difficult this time. Oh, okay. Tristan says this was pretty charming and all, but uh, seriously, some of the stuff they put in here they thought would fit for a kids movie. <laughs> Yep, three and a half. Ooh, four, ah, four. Another. You go. You go two middle ground. Two middle ground. You gotta. You gotta pick a side, Sandro. <laughs> I know. Like Kyle. Kyle's picked a side. He says, "Not bad, but that blanket has a fucking attitude." <laughs> it does. That blanket's a little. Oh, it runs its mouth. I didn't think so, but apparently you agree. <laughs> I thought the blanket was quite cute, actually. Yeah, but that. Blanket has a fucking attitude. <laughs> um, uh, three, I think. Uh, two point five again. Two point five. Got you again with a two point yeah, five. Right. All right. Uh, uh, Alicia says, "Scared me half to death as a kid." The flower scene, swamp scene, blender scene, air conditioner. Dot dot dot. What the fuck? <laughs> WTF? That's I should great. Say. That's good. That's a good review. Mm. Um, nothing in there about 
their thoughts on it now, though, so I'm going to assume it's a one. It's pretty low because it scared them so much. It's another 2.5! Oh, okay. <laughs> of course, of course. Jeremy says, This film is a classic. I will always love this film. Grade A+. That's 5 out of 5. If, if it isn't, I will That's... riot. <laughs> it's 5 out of 5. Because, <laughs> of course, this is the part of the show where we get some extra reviews. Yes. My favourite little segment. Because we also have Jeff, who says, Great for kids, ages 7 or below. But other than that, dot, 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 C+. Plus. Ooh. Mm. C+. Plus. Leads me to believe it's two and a half. Now, but do you really think I'd put another 2.5 yes, you in would. right here? You would. Because it's a three out of five. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> look, that's fair. That's fair enough. And then we have another segment of the show I like to call None of These Reviews Mean Anything, <laughs> which is good luck trying to guess these scores. Oh, Alexander no. says, used to be on in the mornings a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That means you watched it as a kid, probably. Uh, three and a half. It's three out of five. <laughs> Alex says, you know what they say. <laughs> <laughs> what? You know what they say. Finish your review, Alex. No, we don't know what they say. It's why we're looking at reviews. Because we want to know what they say. Oh. Very specifically, we don't. Dear me, that's that's that that's awful. Um, I don't know. Half a star. Four point five. <laughs> Maybe it's like the average review. I don't know. I don't know. That's that's. Weird. Amelia says we have a Facebook group for this movie. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, I'll definitely join that one. Is there a, like a link to it or no? No, all right. No. Five out of five. It's four out of five. <laughs> and finally, we have the last review. This review, I think, really explains the plot. Now, you remember I mentioned earlier that um, one of these reviews explained it. Mm. Uh, well, this one does. Corey says, household appliances mess around with the idea of gender roles. <laughs> they can never really fit in with other homes and soon find themselves in a junkyard. <laughs> I mean... I did. <laughs> no, no, Corey. No. I don't think this is playing around with the idea of gender roles. No, not really. Not at all. Um. Oh, dear. I don't know. Two. It's three point five. <laughs> Well, that's it. Great stuff. Thank you so much for listening. As always, this is a fun one. Uh, Brave Little Toaster. What a film. Mm. If you like the show, you can check us out uh, on all of our social medias. We've got Instagrams. We've got Facebooks. We've got all of that. Links in the episode description. If you want to email us, you can. Oldiebuddygoodypod at gmail.com. Also, YouTube. I really should update that. I haven't updated it in a month, but mm. we're still getting some good views on that. So I really should put our new episodes oh, up. that's good. Uh, that's all there. Yeah. Links in the description, as I mentioned. Also, Patreon. Uh, new episode, new bonus episode on Cyclone is out. We're also talking The Untouchables. And we're talking Police Academy 5 in the coming month. And we are going to choose next week's episode. All right. You have quite a few options here. We have uh, Dragnet, a buddy cop comedy with Dan Aykroyd Ooh. and Tom Hanks. Ooh. We have Jen de Florete. <laughs> uh, yep. Two two local farmers plot to trick a newcomer out of his inheritance. I think the newcomer might be French. I'm not entri- entirely sure. That but... sounds 
fun, actually. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A man from Boulevard Descapitonis. <laughs> yep. Uh, which I definitely pronounced correctly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a Soviet Union Red Western Ooh. about a dude that arrives in the Wild West to show the art of the cinemograph. Soviet Union Red Western. So a Russian Western. That could be interesting. Yeah. We have Straight to Hell. A parody of westerns. Ooh. It's about a bunch of criminals who stumble across a weird town full of coffee-addicted cowboy killers. Alright. I'm glad that there's a plot point about coffee-addicted. <laughs> it's weird that that was included. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Like, nowadays, literally everyone's addicted to coffee, so that's not even something. But yeah. back then, ooh, coffee, ooh. And finally, we have the some movie called uh, Spaceballs. <laughs> Which is a Star Wars parody by Mel Brooks. Damn it. I was like, oh, it'd be good to do like a small, like a Russian film. We've had, we haven't done a Russian film before. Then you said Spaceballs. Yeah, it's got to be Spaceballs. It's got to be Spaceballs. Actually, this is interesting, right? Because Predator, we knew was going to hold up because it's a classic. Yeah. It's an action film and action is action. Yeah. Like, but Spaceballs could not hold up. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It could, it could potentially not hold up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I got you, I got you. So it'd be good, good to check out. Yes, of course, spaceballs. Then for next week, we gotta get some of those spaceballs in our spaceballs in there. Shove those balls in our head. Uh, mm. It's Star Wars, so Rob Lloyd will probably be guesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll wrap it up with the best quote from Brave Little Toaster. Mine has got to be, oh boy, I really thought I turned in my warranty that time. Mm, that's a good one. That's a good one. My one was, of course, when the radio and the rest of them get caught in the dark forest and he goes, we'll be cannibals after the first three days. <laughs> and the vacuum cleaner replies, and you'll be the first to go, dial face. Dial face. <laughs> Also, they called Toast a slothead, which was pretty good. Yeah, that's a good insult. That's a great uh, appliance-based insult. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.